Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear Ball of Anxiety and Hank. <laughs> dear Ball of Anxiety and Other Ball of Anxiety. We're two brothers who answer your questions. We're Jake, John and Hank Green. And we answer questions, give New Year's advice, and we all do with both Marvel's AFC Wimbledon. That's right. That's right. And today we're doing a college spectacular, a college freaktacular, a, a college wonderment yeah. to talk about post-secondary education in the United States. Hank, why are you a ball of anxiety? I know why I am. Oh, because I'm watching the Super Bowl. It's happening right now. It's it's still happening. The, you, it, this has been such a long uh, game. Did it feel that way it's, to you when you watched the Super Bowl? Did it feel like it lasted forever? It, it Yeah, I think it's maybe because the player's going to play, 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 play. Oh, it was a Taylor Swift joke all along. I... <laughs> Sorry. That was such a bad joke. I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to do about I it. Like it wasn't just the fact the the joke was fine. I just wedged it in so unartfully. I am I'm a ball of it. I, so Project for Awesome is happening this week. Yeah. Uh, it's Wednesday. So yep. the, the Tiltify is open. This is gonna come out after the Project for Awesome, though there may be like four hours left where you can still get perks if you forgot. Sure. Um uh, and, and that's, this is the first time that we're doing it. Like we're sort of separating out of complexity, trying to, to simplify things and not make some of the mistakes we've made in the past, yeah. uh, et cetera. So I'm anxious for tubercular reasons. Um, yeah, I can't, I don't think I can say the, more the than that. Turbocules. Yeah. Did you know t- that the t- word tubercular is based on the word tuber because tubercles, the, um, kind of calcifying, blobs oh, that surround like tuberculosis bacteria look like potatoes and the the word tubercle actually predates tuberculosis um <laughs> t- tubercle is is basically potato shaped yeah we name a lot of things after food they it turns out food was one of the more important things to have names for sure yeah almost all of the almost all of the colors are named for for either hmm. foods or or animals and plants hmm Food and love, the things we need language for. Hey, Study Hall's coming up, Hank. Study Hall is a project of our uh, company, Complexly, where you can take a straight path from YouTube videos to college credit. The next courses start on March 5th. 
they include power and politics in U.S. government, U.S. history to 1865, rhetoric and composition, real-world college math, intro to human communication, and it's going to be great. You can learn more at gostudyhall.com yes. or check out the Study Hall YouTube channel. Did you hear about the time that uh, at the University of Montana, a, a thief broke in and stole $20,000 worth of textbooks? Is this another terrible dad joke? Well, fortunately, the police caught him and were able to return both of the books. <laughs> now, see, why did you tell that horrible, <laughs> nonsensical Super Bowl joke when you had that good oh, no. joke ready? Oh, no. <laughs> College is too expensive, and Study Hall seeks to partly solve that problem by making it so that you can take a course for just $25, and then at the end of the course, only if you're happy with your grade do you pay for college credit and you pay much less than a normal college would ask you to pay and you get credit from Arizona State University. It's a pretty good deal. Those credits are transferable to hundreds of institutions in the United States. They're good, solid college credits. And it's I'm really proud to be a part of that program, which was really put together uh, by people who were who like started with the question, how do we make this better? for the people who need the most help. And uh, and it's doing really well. And I and we're going to answer some college questions, John. I'm excited to answer college questions. I, I have to tell you, I'm barely able to function. My anxiety level is so high. <laughs> so high. I'm so sorry. So Tuberculosis um, is important, John, and I'm glad that you're focusing on it. Whew. I'm also, as it happens, my microphone is directly on my like 16 pages of notes I've taken in the last like 18 hours yeah. of conference calls. Um, and I'll just tell you, I'll just read you a couple of those notes. Um, <laughs> need flexibility and get the rejection motive. What? Don't. Yeah. If you ever looked at like, I keep my old notes from all of the things I take notes for and they're just completely impenetrable. It's like they were written by another human. Yeah. See money in no bank. Idea. What does that mean? What money in you, what bank? Where do I You got to see money? the money in the bank. See <laughs> money in bank. That's the goal. Is when it's in it's in tuberculosis's bank or the not tuberculosis. Yeah, I actually I actually want to see less money in the bank and more money in the field dealing with tuberculosis. I think there's <laughs> entirely too much money in the bank right now. Yeah, yeah, money in, in bank could be money uh, in in things, in, doing in, things. It, yeah, in Not tests just and in there. treatment yeah. and in preventative therapy. This first question comes yeah. from Sailor, who writes, Dear John and Hank, how should I choose what colleges to apply to? I always hear you should base your choices off of aspects like geographic position or school size, but would it be crazy to base a big decision like this off of how cool the mascot <laughs> is or how good their colors are? This is such a good question because I don't know about you, Hank, but I genuinely think that you're about as well off choosing by color and mascot <laughs> as you are choosing by like what the guide to colleges said. Like in my day, there yeah. was a book. It was like a 900 page book. Uh huh. And it had one page for like every American college. And you'd read the page and you'd be like, that one sounds good. Yeah. I literally went to college at Kenyon College in Gambier, Ohio, because I read the page in that book and I was like, yeah, I mean, okay, that's like, that's kind of the vibe I'm going for. English major, quiet, small, I'm in. I, yeah, I picked my- Has a 70% school. acceptance rate. <laughs> yeah, probably going to get in. Yeah, I, I applied to two schools, which I know is very anachronistic. Like, oh, yeah. 
It's very strange. I applied to two schools. They both had high acceptance rates. I got into both of them. And I picked the one that was closer to home. Um, There you go. Yeah. And and like, I don't know. It's such a weird decision because it is is a a high-impact, low-information decision. You do not know what your life is going to turn out like at one school versus another. Like, even if you go to a significantly worse school, your life could turn out better. Like, there's no way to know. It's a mess. I know. It's a mess. Yeah. I think my life would probably be worse if I'd gone to Harvard. Now, that's uh, completely conjectural because Uh in no way, shape, or form could I have ever gotten into Harvard. Like, even if if my... The last seven generations of my family had gone to Harvard and my parents gave $50 million to Harvard. The president of Harvard would have called my parents and been like, I'm so so sorry. They'll let it. They'll let anybody in for 50 mil. Uh, (laughs) That's how Harvard works. (laughs) It's a good system we've got. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with John that you you are not going to have you like you're just not going to know what your life's going to end up like but it does it does have a huge impact but you just there's no way to see into that future right so i think a very good thing to look at is the cost um cost and is then, definitely like, important com- comparing those com- comparing that cost to and i like honestly i think like the the social vibe is very important yeah if you um, can afford to go to, to for a visit for a day when you're yeah. picking a school, that helps. If you're a non-traditional learner who isn't going to be like learning, like living full-time on a campus, I don't know why we call these people non-traditional learners when now they <laughs> comprise the majority of learners. Right, because they, but traditionally they did not. Right. So Back if you're, when it was a tradition. If you're someone who's not going to be living on a campus full-time, then maybe the vibe matters a little less, but the vibe yeah. still matters some. So I think it's like worth visiting the campus, going to a couple classes if you're able to, and just being like, what's the vibe? Yeah. Um, the vibe is a really big deal. I think that is important. And, and you know, based on our two school experiences, like Eckerd does have a very different vibe from Kenyon. Like yeah. one is on the beach and the other <laughs> is in a cornfield. And that changes the vibe. Yeah, the I went to back to Eckerd recently, and the vibe was very different than oh, it used a, to be. It's a massive party school now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it like there were like party, there was like a party dorm, but now it's like people, like the people were very. It, they, they seemed very cool to me in a way yeah. that we did not. But maybe well, the I'm, uncool people were just inside, like we always were. I can confirm that you were not cool in college. <laughs> I was not cool in college. No. I mean, you were a lot of things. You were lovely and funny and sweet and had great friends, but you were not cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was never, I was never going to be cool. Um, I think you're kind of, I think you're kind of cool now. You're sort of popular. I turned, yeah, I I, I turned out cool. Yeah. Think about about where cool kids are, right? Cool kids want to be big on TikTok. Well, listen up. Uncle Hank is crushing it on TikTok. (laughs) I think another consideration that when I look back at my own college choice, I made the choice for a lot of stupid reasons, but I had a couple of good reasons. One was the size of classes. Um, For me, for what I was studying, it made a lot of sense for me to have a relatively small class size. And that's just also kind of the way I learned best. 
And so if you know something about the way you learn best, or you know something about what you want to study, you can use that as a glimpse. But like, I, I do think that we put a little bit too much weight on the decision, because like you said, Hank, it's a high impact decision, but also you'll probably be fine either way. Yeah. John, this next question comes from Enoch, who asks, hey, Green Brothers, so really fast, I need some help. For most of my life, I wasn't planning on going to college. I had the mindset that it wasn't worth it unless you really needed it. Well, now I really need it. I know very little about college. I need your quick help for college survival. Any help would be appreciated. Not the one in the Bible, Enoch. Enoch, you got you got to tell us what happened. Yeah, that sounds like an emergency emerged, but like a very specific and weird emergency. Yeah. Yeah, now I really need it. Like suddenly... Enoch was like at a job and they were like, hey, we'll make you CEO of the company, but you need a degree in religious <laughs> what studies. To yeah. yeah. No, like this, like a like someone came down from the ether and was yeah. like, I'm a genie and I will grant you wishes, but only if you go to college first. Right. I mean, I maybe that's what it was. So he was like a, like a dead relative who's like, you can't inherit unless you do college. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. It's like a Brewster's Millions situation, except instead of mm-hmm. having to spend millions of dollars, you just have to spend millions of dollars. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's why there's Study Hall. Go studyhall.com. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully tens so, of thousands of dollars. Study Hall does have actually fast guides, what it's called, like fast guides to college mm-hmm. that give you all kinds of information about different majors, about, you know, asking for, not asking for, but applying for uh, loans and aid and all kinds of other stuff. That's the first thing I'd recommend, but obviously I'm a little biased, Enoch. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, there's second- a bunch of them. I think that the whole thing that one of the, you know, we looked at it and we were like, what are the barriers? And one of the barriers was just lack of information. So exactly Enoch's problem of like, I don't know how any of this works. Like, what is a credit? Like that, like, is it Star Trek? It's also hard to navigate. It's so hard to navigate. It's so confusing. Like, I remember, like, I had the easiest, least bureaucratic college experience imaginable. And yet still, like, my junior year, my faculty advisor came to me and was like, you don't have a, you haven't taken enough English classes to get an English degree. Yeah, no, yeah. I had the same thing happen with my minor. It was just like, no, this doesn't, this class doesn't count for that. And I was like, why not? It's in the art department. And we're like, well, it's a visual art minor and that was not a visual art class and i was like no one it's it's easy to make expensive mistakes which is one of the big problems with school right so i think the first thing i'd say is once you've kind of gotten the lay of the land whether that's through study hall or other stuff i would go to the college you intend to attend and i would start asking questions i mean in general that like I would talk, I would speak out loud as much as possible, whether that's questions or whatever. Like I think that a lot of the experience of college uh, of higher ed when when it's in in person at a school is about the social environment and about connections between people, and uh, and you know those friendships are really valuable if you get a chance to develop them. And yeah. Um, uh, I would also say that, like, here's my biggest piece of advice to people going into college. You're a grown up now. Um, it's like you're like you are making a bunch of choices and you have to and like you are now learning how to make choices on your own. So, like, this isn't like delaying adulthood. It's a thing you're doing as an adult. And I'm sorry if that sounds uh, a little bit uh, paternalistic. It sounds that way now that it's coming out of my mouth. But um 
but yeah, it's like, it's... Well, but I, I don't think it sounds paternalistic in this sense, right? Like, everybody talks about the real world, the real world, the real world. The real world is something that's right. coming. It's something that lies on sure. the other side of high school or college or whatever. But, like, the truth is, the real world is not an event. It's a process. And yeah. you emerge from childhood into adolescence, and you emerge from adolescence into adulthood. And that's a process that takes a long time. But in a lot of ways, you're doing aspects of adulthood when you're like 16. My son is 14. He's already doing aspects of adulthood, right? Like, yeah. like getting your driver's license is it for many people, certainly not everyone, but for many people is an aspect of adulthood. You know, learning how to do your own laundry for many people is an aspect of adulthood. Yeah. Learning how to I mean, do ha- your like, own cooking like, and cleaning yeah, is an aspect a, a of adulthood. Having a room with a, with a, like a way to cook in it. Yeah. I did not have that for the first two years of college, but for the second two years of college, I did. I had, we had like an oven and a stove, uh, and there was five guys with one stove and making that work. Um, and, and you know, like figuring out what how bacon grease works. You yeah. cannot, here's some college advice, real world college advice here. You cannot pour bacon grease into a plastic container. <laughs> Obviously. I like that you called it baking grease. Bacon grease. You called it baking grease. We can roll well, back the tape if just... you need me to. <laughs> you cannot pour baking grease into a plastic container. <laughs> bacon grease. You know, bacon. Everybody's got it's... that ne- like 15 seconds back button on their uh, phones and they're doing it right now. They're like, did you yeah. say baking grease? He did. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's anyway, true. You can't put it in a plastic that. container. That's a great That's great advice, Hank. I mean, very, you just very dangerous. so many people from... I mean, whatever, whatever the opposite also, of ingesting microplastics is, like whatever the more extreme <laughs> version of ingesting microplastics well, it's, is. It's basically pouring bacon grease on your floor is what that is. <laughs> um, the, uh, and, and also, uh, if you have a grease fire, do not put water on it because that sure. will just make it explode. Another so This is important stuff to learn, adulthood. Of, a, of adulthood that I had to learn is that it feels like, if you're me... It feels like if a bill is important, they're going to call about it. Yeah. That's actually actually a really bad way to conduct your personal finances because there's this (laughs) thing called a credit score. And if they have to call about it, they get mad at you on this thing called the credit score. They're pretty far down the list of, of things that they've tried to do by the time they're calling. Well, but I kind of like, I, I always appreciated the call, you know, like sure, I'd be like, yeah. oh, hey, thanks for calling. I'm so sorry that I haven't paid the rent. Um, I will pay it now. But I also appreciate like having this extra like 60 days that I <laughs> <laughs> was helpful. It really helped me put it all together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. I, I mean, but I, yeah, I, so I, yeah, I think that like the, I, adulthood is hard. And you are doing adulthood in college. And I think that's the main thing. Adulthood does not stay as hard as it starts out, like any job, like anything, right? Like, it's incredibly hard at first, but in many ways it does get easier. Now, I wouldn't say it's a straight line from hard to easy. It's definitely definitely swirly, but you're going to just take steps. And I agree with Hank that in college, you are in many ways doing adulthood. You are doing at least aspects of the so-called real world. And that's good news. It's scary. It's intimidating, but it's good news because it's part of your growing up and growing into the person you're going to be. Yeah. And I mean, schools are aware that this is sometimes uh, not 
like a uh, it's it's a new experience and and so they do try to like give you ways to like like be more clear about what you can do with your time or what you can do with your you know hours of that you have purchased of of school stuff uh and and so like they'll they will direct you but i think that it's best if you uh you know like be are aware of that direction and aware of the things that you can do but are making decisions for yourself for what what you what your goals are what you're excited about what you're chasing what you're trying to develop what you're um like the things that are sort of making your brain feel a little bit sparkly i think that every time anything even if it's uncomfortable if it like uh like makes my brain fizz a little bit i'm like i just need to go in that direction because if if i like let the if i let my anxiety get in the way of um chasing that thing that's exciting to me then I'll never know how I actually feel about that thing. I was just thinking that today because I was, um, I literally thought I was going to throw up because I was so overwhelmed by anxiety. But at the same time, I was thinking, but you know what? Like, I'm also excited. I like this. I want to do this. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to do it. This is right. This is good. And yet also I am very anxious. I just, and I can't let my anxiety shut me down. Now, sometimes I have to listen to it, but in this case, like I can't let it shut me down because this is like a brain fizzy, wonderful, fascinating uh, thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I got another question from Vivian who asks, dear Hank and John, I took calculus in high school and I'm taking it again now that I'm in college. However, I took two gap years between then and now, and I found that I not only have forgotten everything I learned in high school calculus, but I also forgot most of pre-calc. As I've gotten older, I've noticed I forget other things I used to know. Am I going to forget everything I've ever learned in school? I'm paying a bunch of tuition for a degree. Am I going to forget all the stuff that I learned? That's the point. Is What's the point of school then? Thank you, Vivian. So Vivian, get this. Not only are you going to forget everything you've ever learned, you're going to cease to exist. <laughs> it will have all been for nothing, man. It, 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 the sun is going to boil the oceans, my friend. And all worldly knowledge and evidence of everything that we thought and said and did and learned will disappear with it. And that doesn't mean that we okay. shouldn't learn. All right. I... I have Sorry, did I go? Take. Did I go too far down the rabbit hole? I'm just saying that, like, we should still learn. Like, there's still value in yeah. learning, even though right. you're going to forget everything. Well, and and in addition, um, you will find, I hope, that it's easier to learn calculus the second time because that that stuff is like yep. there are there are impressions left yep. behind. Um, yep. Things will start to click into place. Yeah, a lot of the memorization, so a lot of the, like, here's what you do in this situation, like, you're presented with a thing, and you're like, I don't remember any of that. But you, but you like, ultimately, I think a lot of what higher ed is actually about is learning how to learn. Mm-hmm. So, like, getting the frameworks in place so that you get better at figuring out new information more Yeah, quickly. and so that you can... And so that on some level, you can also, you learn how to learn, but you also learn how to remind yourself of things. Oh, for sure. You, you learn how to yeah. relearn. And so, you, so maybe I don't remember the presidency of John Tyler very well, but I can, I, I know how to <laughs> Is get. Is that actual name of a real president? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh boy. Oh <laughs> well, boy. There you go. You picked, you picked the least, you know, I'd like to know who the least known president is. I bet it's John Tyler. No, no way. John Tyler has a living grandson. Yeah, I mean, he's remembered by that guy. (laughs) I agree. 
<laughs> John Tyler's grandson knows about John Tyler. I don't think John. And Tyler I know about his, my granddad. I don't think John Tyler and his grandson overlapped. You know, I think John Tyler was gone by the time the grandson entered the picture. But I know your point is well taken. Um, I think that lots of people remember John Tyler. But the point is that if I need to remind myself of aspects of John Tyler's presidency, I now know how to do that. And I'll be like, oh, right, 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 right. And that fits into this. And this fits into Millard Fillmore. And that fits into Martin Van Buren. And this fits into the War of 1812. And that'll, that, and so I'm able to make connections that I couldn't yeah. otherwise make. And I think that's a lot of what relearning is about, is about like remaking those connections or deepening those connections. Yeah, for sure. I mean, two years of not thinking about calculus, you're going to lose a lot of it, but there's there's frameworks there. And also, I have great news. There's a ton of YouTube videos on calculus, and you can there, there freshen are. up those pathways real fast. Um, but I, I, I think a lot of people, I, I, I know a lot of people who came out of school and then they did not do the thing that they majored in um, and now have like really interesting, cool jobs. The, the thing that ultimately... A lot of people are like, is it just like to prove that I can do college? And it's like a little bit. I think it's probably a little bit to prove that you could do college. There's an aspect I think of hazing to it. Yeah. I, but I think that it's there's also a like a, a set of systems for both having what John's talking about, which is like I think of it as like a tree that like the more bushy my tree is, the more ornaments I can hang on it. Mm-hmm. Like all these things are connected together and they're all sort of like have a central trunk of like the, the knowledge that I've built. Um, but also it's having systems for for acquiring and like it's going to be different for every person so like the way that your brain works is different from how the way my brain works and so uh but having the systems for how to get information into your head and then like synthesize it and connect it to other stuff and then output something useful with it that becomes something that everybody does all of the time right yeah like i didn't study infectious disease in college um and in fact, if you told me in college that I would one day write about infectious disease, I would have been like, well, I understand that I'm concerned about it, but I'm surprised to learn that it's become an area of <laughs> academic interest. Yeah. Um, I, I, but but the, the tools that I, I learned in college about not just how to acquire knowledge, but how to share information, how to synthesize information, how to process it, how to um, understand what's, it, what's, what's an important or interesting or sparkly detail – those tools I use all the time, even though I don't remember, for instance, like, I, I'll be honest, like, I don't remember a lot about the Scarlet Letter. I don't remember th- even that much about Moby Dick, which I've read twice. Um, but I think, like, the, the lessons I learned about critical reading and writing about reading are very useful in my life. Yeah. But you will absolutely—I have read books— and been like at the end of it, I was like, I was. I'm pretty sure I read that book before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild, the time. The Wild. Time. especially as I get older, it barely bothers me. Yeah, if I told my like young self who had read one or two novels, both of which were like hugely impactful on me because they were the first novels I ever read, if I told that guy that I would read a book someday and like not remember anything from it, yeah. That sounds that sounds like nonsense, but it it happens. All right, we got a great question from Katie Hank who writes, "Dear John and Hank, 
All I will say is with a toddler at home and a baby on the way, saving for college is an absolute nightmare. It's unbelievable how rapidly the cost is increasing. It was bad enough when we were in college 10 years ago. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the future of college and student loans. Is there some sort of bubble that is going to burst or wall that we're going to hit re-college costs? Are we going to see a fall in private institutions and an increase in people going to community college? Are certain career paths going to move in the direction of offering associate's degrees instead of bachelor's years in anxiety, Katie? Since 1980, when I was born, the uh, like inflation overall is two, 228%. And inflation of the cost of college tuition is 1,184%. Wow. So five times cost of college has grown five times faster than the rate of inflation. And what I say whenever I am on a stage in front of people who are in the higher education industry and they, it is, and they call it an industry. Uh, it's the second biggest, like education is the second biggest industry in the U.S. Behind healthcare. I say to those people, behind healthcare. I say to Which those people- Which is also- <laughs> sim- Done a similar thing. There is a point at which it stops being worth it. Yeah. For yeah, everyone no, I mean- except for the people who have the most. And so what college originally was, was a way of- Reemphasizing social caste and class uh, and making sure that certain people had access to certain kinds of uh, futures and other people didn't. And then the idea was we can open up, we can open that up to more and more people. We can and have now, these public universities, like, yeah, and that will allow for socioeconomic uh, mobility and for people to be able to educate and work themselves out of poverty. And that, and that would that, be good that for everyone. That, yeah. that, I, that would be great for the social order. It's great for the social order to have a well-educated population. It's great for uh, employers to have a well-educated population. And it's great for people to be educated. And so everybody wins, right? Like that was the, that was the idea and the promise of the expansion of access to post-secondary education. And if the cost of college keeps increasing faster than inflation, like it, like mathematically, there's a time when it breaks, like when it yep. does not. And like where every year it becomes less worthwhile for more and more and more people. And like we are on that curve now. It like it has occurred. It's like it is less. It is not worthwhile for folks to get for certain folks to get certain educations. And like. So is there like going to be some day of reckoning? I don't know. I don't know if it gets if it gets fixed like one day at a time or whether like it breaks. But it feels like it like it's one of those two things. The yeah. path that we are on is not working. Right. Right. There's and this. I, yeah, right. Right. No matter what you think about whether college is worth it, we can say factually that it is less worth it every year. And that is a failure of the system. And what we wanted to do with study hall and what I know lots of other people are working on is find ways to try to reform that system. Some people are working uh, within the system. Some people are working outside of it. Some people are thinking about you know, corporations offering their own accredited uh, degree programs that you get while you work for the corporation, which I think is kind of a different dystopia rather than a um, <laughs> escape from dystopia. <laughs> yeah, and lots of people are trying to solve this problem, but from my perspective, it begins with the universal acknowledgement that it's a problem, and 
at least at certain sort of the classy institutions, you know, the ones that, as as you say, Hank, like long preserved the model of aristocracy, of de, de facto aristocracy that, that, that was, you know, used in the 19th, 19th century in the United States, like that, if, if that is coming back, that is very bad news. It's such bad news. It's not it just bad news. Like it's, that. It, it's not just bad news for you know individual people who are oppressed by those systems. Although, of course, like those are the those are the people who are most centrally and most most proximal to the bad news. It's also bad news for the entire social order. It is bad news for society yeah. itself. It is bad news for the country. It is bad news for the world. Like having fewer people who have equal access to educational opportunities is bad news. Hard stop. Right. Yeah. So uh, we we I don't know if there is some kind of bubble. I don't know if there's some kind of break. I don't know if there is like because like there's a lot of infrastructure in place that is good. Like that's the thing that I try to remember is like there's a lot there's of a college lot that's of, awesome of this that works well. Yeah. Um. It's it's just that like there's weird incentives that it's taken me a long time to start to understand uh, around like. You know, students are less sensitive to cost because they're looking at paying off their loans in the future, not right now, or their their, you know, parents are wealthy enough that they can pay for it, uh, and so people aren't aren't thinking about cost when they are buying a very expensive thing, which is also a healthcare thing. Um, and in that situation, then you end up in a you end up with like why would why would you charge less? You would provide more and better services. So you get like extraordinarily nice waiting rooms at the GI clinic, which I have. And oh I'm my like, God, that fish tank like, what? at my GI yeah. clinic. I'm like, God, that is a well-maintained fish tank. And I just, I wonder if they have that in Europe. I wonder if they yeah. have <laughs> yeah. really, really nice brand new carpeting in yeah. the GI clinics of Europe, or if they just have, do they have vaulted ceilings <laughs> or, do they, or do they have like another space to do more procedures? Uh, yeah, it's a huge room, too. There's no one ever in it, and despite the fact that they're always booked solid. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, even though you have to any, have a anyway, six months wait, it's always empty. <laughs> you you get the same pressure in college where where like you provide more services, you have more things that are like saleable, cool things that students will be like, oh, there's like this program and that there's a rock climbing wall. There's all these different things that you may or may not use. And that, uh, you know, it, it, it makes the, it makes the purchase decision easier or like when you're choosing between two schools, it makes it easier to pick one over the other. And these schools are competing with each other to try and attract new students and that they spend so much money on marketing and on, you know, things that are services, but are primarily marketing. And, uh, I, yes, I worry a lot that I don't know how to break like that incentive structure is the thing that I don't know how to disrupt. And like study hall is like, here's one way to lower the price <clears throat> for some people. But overall, it feels a little bit like we're pro- probably headed to a world where we create two different kinds of college experiences. Yeah. Know? Which is such a bummer. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where we kind of create a second class college experience and we really, that's, that's what we're trying to fight against in study hall like we're trying to give a really yeah, high quality experience give people experience like their people. foot in the door so that they yeah. can then they the, have the rest of the experience with a lower upfront cost but i think it's safe to say that hank and i don't know the solution no yeah <clears throat> and i don't know that i can't predict the future either but it, it worries us a great deal which is why 
we think about it so much. Yeah, it's in my, I would say it's in my top 17 worries. <laughs> uh, this next question yeah. comes from Olivia, who writes, which is very high. I have thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of worries. Olivia writes, <laughs> dear John and Hank, so I moved away from my husband's medical for my husband's medical school before I could finish my computer science degree. I'm finishing it up now, but I feel like uh, I'm not sure I still like computer science. Like I'm trying to get an internship because maybe I just don't like school, but job hunting isn't going that well. And I guess my question is, what do I do once I graduate? Like, should I look at other fields? I've been volunteering at a food pantry and I really enjoy that so far. So I guess if I don't find a job, I can just volunteer more to code or not to code Olivia. So Hank, I majored in religious studies and I thought that I needed, now it's different from computer science, obviously, but I, I thought that I had to find some kind of religion job. That's why I worked as a chaplain and thought I was going to become an Episcopal priest because I was a religion major and it made sense. That's a, that's a job that people have. I've, I, I know Episcopal priests and I knew, I knew that that job existed and that, you know, you could do it for your life and make enough money that you would be, you know, not certain. <laughs> certainly not wealthy, but you know, (laughs) like you could have a life. Mm -hmm. And it was really only after I got into the world of that, like doing chaplaincy and stuff that I was like, "Mm, like, I like the other jobs at this hospital more and I don't like them that much. You know, like I would look at the social workers and I'd be like, I like that job more. I don't like that job that job seems extremely hard and sad, but I like it more than this job. And I know we talked about this earlier, Hank, but like we both know so many people like that, like us, well, not like you, but like most people (laughs) I know who studied one thing and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I mean, it, you know, doing the work of, uh, of computer programming, um, can be different kinds of work. Yeah, I was thinking uh, and, and you can it, you can program you can code at the food pantry probably like they probably well there I mean yeah there's like Code for America is is a amazing organization exactly, yeah. that uh, it, it basically says like look there's a lot of people trying to make a bunch of money at this but also there's like a lot of coding that needs to get done for just getting services to people and that might feel more rewarding and it also might be uh, hanging out like most workplaces. Uh, though this might be changing with the advent of workplaces not being as physical anymore. But like uh, even in in a more virtual world, I think that most workplaces are down to the people that you're working with. And, you know, of course, working in uh, doing coding for government agencies is going to be like bureaucratic and annoying. But like there's going to be lots of well-meaning people who are trying to make the world work better. There's also an organization, I think it's called like 10... 80,000 hours maybe. Um, And it's basically uh, an organization that it's like tries to get people a direction, like a a place to work that is going to have a positive impact. And the idea is um, you spend 80,000 hours in your career over the course of like the time that you spend working. That's going to be a much bigger impact on the world than like recycling or how you donate your money, like how you actually, like what you're working on with your your time is a huge impact. And so this is an organization where it's like, can you choose to like, are you able to choose to work for an organization and provide that value? Um, 
Yeah, there. and you can. I'm do, pretty sure that's what it's called. You can do that and still make a living, right? Like I think about the people who code for Partners yeah. in Health. Like there was a huge project a few years back that I think was an open source project to figure out how digital medical records can work in impoverished communities, and that's like incredibly complicated, challenging coding that is also you know, having a massive measurable impact in the lives of the most vulnerable people in the world. So I don't Mm -hmm. think it's, I don't think it's necessarily either or, but I also think like, if you just aren't interested in coding and you're like, then, okay, you take that experience and what you learned and the rigor and discipline that it gave you and you apply it to something else in your world. And you'll find, you'll, you'll find that that can be fulfilling as well. So I definitely don't think that you have to, this is part of the reason why I think, yes, it is a big decision where you go to college, what you study. These are very big decisions that can have massive impacts on your life, but they aren't, they aren't necessarily final, you know, like I think about my, uh, think about my friend, David, who went to medical school when he was like 31 you know, because he decided he wanted to be a doctor and now he's a doctor, you know? And like, yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit of a different path for him. And he had to, he had to do a lot of work and take out a lot of loans to make that dream come true. And he's going to have a shorter career than most doctors and yada, yada, yada. But like he got to live his dream Mm -hmm. and he didn't know what his dream was until he was 31. And that's okay. Which reminds me that today's dream, today's podcast is brought to you by dreams, 31-year-old <laughs> dreams. They're still dreams. You're still allowed to have them. This podcast is also brought to you by everything you ever learned in school that you then forgot. Everything that you ever learned in school that you then forgot, it's still in there doing something. You just don't remember it. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the sun boiling the oceans. The sun will boil <laughs> the oceans and everything you learned will have been for nothing. But except and it also- won't have been for nothing because we're not here to live forever. We're here to love and be loved and to know and be known. Oh, this podcast, of course, is also brought to you by Study Hall. If you enjoy learning on YouTube, why not get credit for it? With the Study Hall channel, you can start taking courses right on YouTube. You can watch the course videos on Study Hall channel for free. You can sign up to take a course with a cohort and an instructor for just $25 and apply what you've learned. And if at the end of that course, you're happy with your grade, you can pay $400, about a third of the cost of a normal college course, and have three transferable college credits on your transcript. Whether you're trying to learn new skills, earn college credit, or just prove to yourself that you could do it, Study Hall can help you reach your goals without as much financial risk. Pick between common gen ed college courses like Modern World History, Code and Programming, Human Communication, and more on the Study Hall channel at youtube.com slash studyhall. You can learn more at gostudyhall.com. We also have a Project for Awesome message, Hank. It's from Carl to Carl. Now, I don't know the situation oh. here, so I'm just going to read this and then we're going to discuss the situation. Okay. Carl, you're about to graduate and I will miss our drives to school listening to podcasts. Thank you for sharing them with me. We don't know what the future holds and you may not have figured out what you're going to do for a living, but that's okay. A lot of people don't know what they're going to do when they graduate, like John Green. I didn't. (laughs) Even more, end up doing something they never planned on. What's important is that you have good values and you know that you're loved and that you should have the courage to go out there and find your path. I love you, Carl. Now, I think there's a chance, Hank. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably different Carls. I, it seems like different Carls, but the chance is there that it's this just Carl. I'm going to say it's, it's a one in three chance that it's Carl speaking to Carl's self 
and a yeah. two in three chance that there are two identically spelled Carls who drive to school with each other, possibly a father and son duo, a sort of Carl Sr., Carl Jr. Yeah, it's beautiful both ways, but it's, I think, a little more beautiful if it's just one Carl. (laughs) I think it's great both ways. Um, And it's actually, it's apt for today's conversation, isn't it? Because we've been talking so much about what happens when you graduate. I bet Rosiana did that on purpose. I bet she did. She's so good. What a producer (laughs) we have. (laughs) So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. All right, Hank, I want to ask you one last question before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Big news. Okay. Big, so much. I, I don't understand. We only do this podcast once every two weeks, and there's so much AFC Wimbledon news. I need to start a new podcast called AFC Wimbledon News that no one will listen to. But this question comes from Carmen, who writes, <laughs> well, 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 we meet again, Green Brothers. 
we have never met. I've just gotten a position in a research lab at my university as an undergraduate freshman, and I'm terrified because it's just me and the lead professor working on this project, so there's no graduate student to tell me how to do things. I was like literally given my own laboratory and a key to it on the first day Oof. with an induction furnace that can heat up to Oof. 2,000 degrees Celsius and a bunch of other things. How huh? do I function on my own like this? I'm 18. I've been given state-of-the-art technology, and I'm doing research that no one has ever done before just because I pestered some guy a few times to let me do research, and now I'm in way over my head, not a car or a man, car man. Oh, man. I remember this moment when the first time like my professor turned to me and was like, what should we do next? And I was like, I don't, that's not how this works, man. I, I, th- my education has so far been doing what people tell me to do, not telling them what to do. Yeah, there is this really intense moment in education where like, you're basically learning about the contours of a wall. You're like examining every part of the wall and people are telling you this part of the wall we discovered in 1803 because this person did that. And this part of the wall we figured out uh, this way and this part of the wall we figured out that way. And then they're like, hey, uh, this is going to sound wild, but we need you to add to the wall. Yeah. We need you, yeah, and we need like, you to, no, to get some mortar and some bricks. I, I've, I've only been educated in wall studies, not in wall additions. <laughs> you don't understand. I touch wall. I don't build wall. Right, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah. I observe it, it's wall. It's super weird. Um, I, and like, I think the only thing you can do is do it. Like, don't like burn your hand off, but like do, do it. Um, and, uh, like, like have, try and find a question you don't know the answer to and try and figure out how to get to the answer. And I, like, I think that the first thing I said in that situation was a bad experiment that didn't go well. Right. Like, of course it is. That's kind of the point. Like, they're not going to expect you to like be perfect at this at first. Right. Um, and there was like I did lots. Oh, I did. I spent so much time in labs getting zero result. You know, just like sure, just so much time. And then the, you get the spectrum back from the chemical that you made, and it's like that's not what it should have been. Mm-hmm. That's the, the wrong. Like I got it too hot, and I polymerized it. Great, great. I guess I'll just go die. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, I mean, I like that's that's. That's the work, man. And no professor uh, is going to be surprised that, uh, you know, it's awesome that you're getting to do that research as a freshman, but no professor is going to be surprised that a freshman doesn't uh, do everything exactly right the first time. So just do it. Yeah. And look, Carmen, we all have imposter syndrome. None of us deserve to be doing what we're doing um, because deserving isn't the right framework through which to consider human experience. So you've got this opportunity. And uh, enjoy it. And don't stress out too much if um, everything you try burns up in that 2000 centigrade induction furnace. (laughs) Yeah. Hank. John, before you get to the all-important news from Mars AFC Wimbledon, someone asks you what your go-to meal is at the Gambier cafeteria. (laughs) I feel like you need to answer. Well, one thing I do remember about that 900-page guide to colleges was that um, they had like a re- one to 100 ranking of everything and Kenyon- Oh, it was Kenyon College asked the question. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Kenyon <laughs> at the time, their food score out of 100 was 17, one seven. Sure, sure. That makes sense. The food was very bad. Um, it was 
It was three times per day. If you missed it, you missed it. Sure. And um, now, of course, everything is different, and college kids eat Chick-fil-A all day off their meal plans or whatever. But in my day, you ate what you ate, and you didn't say no. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a salad bar, and I think there was a sandwich bar. But you know what I ate most days was popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> this is so very similar to my go-to order. I ate popcorn and then I had a microwave back in my apartment and I would make or my dorm room and I would make hot pockets. So I thought you were going to reheat the popcorn. That's how crazy I was. My brain was in this situation. I thought you were going to take the popcorn home and make it hot again. So I was really, I I was not well, right? I was not, not, Mm -hmm. not doing healthy OCD wise. And I had this thing where I was like, look, it's very hard and it's not fun, but you have to eat a thousand calories a day. And the good news is these two Pop-Tarts are 780. <laughs> <laughs> two Hot Pockets, not Pop-Tarts. Oh, sorry. Hot, hot, hot yeah. Pockets. We've both now made errors in today's podcast. And um, I don't know why I felt like pointing back to your error, but I did. And, and then I would just eat like popcorn and a little bit of salad. What about you? Um, I, when nothing else looked good, like there'd be things around that were like, you know, by hot bar scoops when that didn't look good, which was many days I, there was a pasta bar and I would get pasta with butter and salt. That sounds great. I mean, that's the dream pasta with butter and salt. It, if it works just, for our just ancestors, why not us? <laughs> <laughs> and then it, Bread and butter, if, I, if I got scurvy, I got scurvy. <laughs> Then I had an orange once a month, like a yeah. like a seventeenth century mariner. <laughs> All right, John, let's do some AFC Wimbledon. Oh God, I don't know, Hank. We're one point out of the playoffs, um, so we're doing we're having a great season. Uh, we've signed these. Uh, we've signed a couple new guys at the end of the January transfer window who are looking pretty good, uh, including this guy Ronan Curtis, who's just like way too good for League Two. But he was rehabbing his ACL injury with us, and kind of as a favor, since he got to rehab his ACL injury with us, he signed for the rest of the season just to like get himself back fit and in shape to go crush the championship or whatever he's going to do next, and. He's been great. He's been scoring goals for us left and right. We're undefeated at home. Most interestingly, in the last like eight games, most interestingly, every time we've gotten a lead, it, the last 15 times we've gotten a lead, we've held it, which is essentially unprecedented in AFC Wimbledon history. Like we're we're famously the team that gets a lead and then loses it, but we've been yeah. holding our leads, not least thanks to a last second center back signing named- Ooh named Kofi Balmer. And Kofi Balmer, Hank, has the one thing that I believe that AFC Wimbledon has been missing low these many years. He has a proper long throw. So this is a guy, every lower league uh, English soccer team needs a long throw guy. This is my theory. Because the long throw guy, if it gets, if it's a, if it's a, uh, a throw in down in the opponent's uh, area, the long throw mm-hmm. guy can basically turn it into a corner kick where he throws it so long that it goes all the way in front of the goal and it just, it gets in the mixer. It causes problems. People stress okay. out. And so finally we have this proper long throw guy and we haven't scored a goal from it yet. And we look terrible every time we have a long throw, but I just love having a long throw guy. I just feel like we're a proper football club. Now we got a long throw guy. And this, uh, is, this is, it just feels good that like ha- losing uh, the guy. Ali Alhamidi. 
Ali Al Hamidi. Yeah, uh, you you got somebody else. It hasn't been catas- it. it hasn't been catastrophic. It so hasn't far been catastrophic because okay. not Great. least because of this long throw guy Kofi Balmer, who's kind of become a little bit of my hero. It's weird to think that a guy who can throw the ball throw it so far. You can't he even can throw it so how, far. You can't it's even like imagine how deal. far this guy can throw it. This is like Joey Decord. Do you know Joey Decord of the Seattle Kraken? No. Does he have a trick? He well, we like lost this like legendary goalie for the first half of the season because he was injured. He's yeah. back now. Yeah. But so we were like had to rely on, and he turned out to be amazing. And a weird thing happened when the goal when Joey's on the ice, they are more likely to score goals. Which oh. is like that's that's a goalie. How are the how, like how is he offensive? But he's just like very active. He gets out of the crease a lot. He he has good stick work. He passes. He's well. got good distribution. That's what you he's in got, soccer yeah. you need a you need a goalie with good distribution as well. He's got which good I think distribution. I think I, that's key. That's key. You, you, we talk about we used to talk about goalies um, needing to be quick with their reflexes, which they still do. But now they need to be, as they say, good with their feet. Got to be good with their feet. Joey Decord is good with the stick. Got to be good uh, with the stick. What's the news in Mars? In Mars news, John, uh, I have geology news. So Mars is not thought to be currently volcanically active, though right. I maintain that it may yet be again. Okay. Uh, but that's an opinion. Re- <laughs> researchers have been on the lookout for volcanoes to better understand Mars's geological past. Uh, and they've got like probes. They've got they've, they've been doing a lot of research. They looked at 63 different volcanic structures in the Eridania region, which is located in the southern hemisphere. And they've also been trying to figure out uh, if basin, like looking at these basins in the Eridania region, to see uh, how they formed, because it seems like. A long time ago, they were formed by something called crustal recycling, mm. which we, of course, have here on Earth. Right. Because we have plate tectonics, where like the crust we have now has been used before. Mm-hmm. So like the rocks aren't the age of the Earth. They're new rocks that have come up again from the Earth. But uh, Mars doesn't have plate tectonics, but it does appear to have some regions of crustal recycling. Um, not a ton, but some. Uh, and that means uh, that the area was sh- uh, the, it was a kind of crustal recycling called vertical tectonics, where land masses move upwards. Oh. And we think that on Earth, vertical tectonics was the thing that happened first before plate tectonics took over. Oh. So it looks like Mars did like the first step, but it got froze in the middle of the first step. So studying that could help us understand Mars, of course, but also might be a way to better understand how Earth's history of early crustal recycling through vertical tectonics happened before plate tectonics took over. Super cool. Makes me want to really not get frozen in terms of our current tectonics. Would not like would not like to become a uh, geologically inactive planet as much as that would be good for fewer earthquakes. John, I have a surprise for you. Great. I got in the live stream for the Dear Hang and John patrons uh, five minutes ago, and they've oh. just been listening to the end of the podcast. Oh, that's great. I love it. All right. That's amazing. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks to everybody for being part of this at patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John. They can't hear you. They can't oh, hear you. <laughs> right. Sure. Of course. I, I don't know why I didn't put that together. Um, go ahead and read the credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, thank you, everybody. If you want to see, check out Study All. It's at youtube.com slash study all. If you have people in your life who you think might benefit from it, please let them know about it. Uh, and thanks to everybody who's worked so hard to make that project work. It is a labor of love from many people at YouTube, at Arizona State University, and of course, at Complexly. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Halls Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Dr. Deboki Trakravarti. The music you're hearing now 
now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome. awesome.